0: Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Y'all, I'm so excited, and welcome to Season 2 of Faithfully Feminine Podcast. And if you have not watched, listened to Season 1, go back and do so. And this is a banger, because even the title of this just drops. Mike, God, did his thing! God did his thing when he wrote this podcast, y'all. But as always, I'm always starting off with updates before we dive right into it. But I don't really have much updates. I just really want to say thank you for the support for season one. It went way better than I thought it did, considering that I was only doing audio and this episode is only audio right now. Like, Girl, I'm sitting in my room with a bust down braid down looking like Meek Mill in his mugshot. Or Boris from Die of a Mad Black Woman. I think that's Boris. Is that even Boris? I don't even know. But I'm sitting here looking crazy and in my Skims outfit just chilling at 8 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday. And it's just like, who gonna check me, boo? it's the podcast. Anyway, I'm just, I'm in such a good mood and I bet y'all can tell that last season finale was such a heavy episode and I wanted to just lighten it up the most I can with the season opener. So we're going to get right into it. And as I was praying, as I was doing my Bible study a couple of days ago, I was really worried about what I was going to talk about for the season opener, I wanted to make sure that I was speaking to, I am speaking to everyone who is a believer and a non-believer. As always, this is a Christian based podcast. However, girl, you you don't have to believe in the Lord to listen to this. It's still beneficial. And I pray that you will receive this. So the enemy is working, y'all the devil is working. Like, it's just like, does the devil ever get tired? Does he ever need to sleep? <laughs> Questions I ask myself because it's like, why? Why are you constantly working? Do you not have anything better to do besides steal, kill, and destroy, which is what the Bible tells us, right? But the, fo- the thing for this podcast, the theme for it is focus, when I was praying and I was asking God, what is so important for me to talk about? Like I, I don't know. There's so much to talk about. And I kept hearing the word focus, 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 focus. And I'm like, okay, that's something that I definitely need to be doing is focusing. Okay, that's T. What you trying to say? And by the time I finished the episode, um, the name focus or failure. Is what God gave me. And honestly, drops mic like the episode could be over right there. (laughs) The episode could be over right there, drops mic, focus, or failure. If you are not focusing on whatever goals you have set for yourself, or even if you are not focusing on the task that you have at hand, if you're not focusing in the season that you're supposed to be on in your life, you will fail. And I know that sounds so harsh. It's like, dang, Imani, damn, Imani, you don't know my life. But it proves every time if you do not focus on what you're supposed to focus on, you will fail. There's a possibility that you will get derailed, that you will start paying attention to other things. And because you're paying attention to other things, you're letting certain things slip through the crack. It's almost like driving, right? We have to focus on the road. And not only that, we have to focus on signs. We have to focus on the street, Um What's it called? The traffic lights. And then we also have to focus on other people. But if we put too much focus while we're driving on another person, what happens? We can crash. We can cause an accident. So while we're driving, we have to multitask and make sure that we're delegating our focus on specific things at specific times um, and focus more on some things than on others. So what the Lord was wanting me to tell y'all is that the enemy tries to distract us from God because he does not possess the power to actually really stop you. It's like, who's going to stop me? He can't really stop you. So instead, His whole act is to like, okay, let me put on this jester outfit, let me distract them so I can get them away from their God-given purpose, or get them away from the season of singleness that God has for them so that they can prepare for marriage, or get them away from whatever season you are called in right now. Or to even get us and separate us from God's love, which is straight crazy, It's like listening to this, this should be hyping you up. Like I got beef with the devil. I've been beefing with the devil and you got to get your lick back, right? So there's two ways that the devil distracts us from the Lord. And the first way is through separation. Talk about separating, think about separating a plug from the outlet. When you separate someone from their power source, they have no power. If I unplug my flat iron, And I leave my flat iron unplugged and still try to flat iron my hair. It's like, sis, it's not going to work. Hang it up flat screen. It's not working. That is literally the analogy of our life. The enemy tries to separate us from God's love, tries to separate us from God's power. And in doing so, there's multiple ways the enemy can do this, right? He wins at the point. He wins. But the good news is you're never too far away from God to ever, like, God's never going to be like, no, girl, you can't come back early, like you done drifted a little bit too far. God will never say that. That is the good news. However, I feel like some people and some women get stuck in this place and it's a it's like a little mousetrap of out, their plug is not plugged into the socket, but they expect for some power to come out of it, right? And although your plug is not into the socket, doesn't mean you can't make some shake, doesn't mean life doesn't go well. Like, life can go well for my flat iron that's not plugged in. Like, she's still kind of functionable. Like, I mean, I could kind of do a little flip if I leave my hair in the thing and curl it for so long and, like, hold it. Like, I might get a little curl, right? So, it doesn't mean that when you're away from God, like, your life just goes to, like, shit. Like, ASAP, nothing goes good for you ASAP. And that's why I want to tell people, they're like, well, this person's rich, they're wealthy, they got this, the job worked out for them, and they don't believe in God. That doesn't mean that your life is supposed to be horrible 24-7 without God. The devil is, yeah, trying to make your life horrible, but the devil has an evil conniving way of making things look <laughs> deceiving you, right? All that glitters is not gold is an old saying that my parents used to say growing up, and that's just what came to my mind. The devil has a real, real conniving way of making things seem like gold in other people's lives being well, or things are might be going Well, in your life, even though you have not dwelled with the Lord, and you might feel like, oh my gosh, I got a handle on this, right? But we don't possess the power to really have a handle on anything. But it's human nature to feel like that sometimes. So he can throw us off from God's love. The devil can throw us off and separate us from God's values is the second thing. And it makes us free game. It makes us more susceptible to sin. It makes us more susceptible to the things that we are trying to get better at. Say if you're struggling with an addiction, it makes us more susceptible to whatever your flesh is drawn to. And another thing of separating us from God's values is a huge thing because you see this in literally, you can't walk without going on social media or hearing a song or watching a TV show or watching a movie that kind of mocks the likelihood of God's values, of God's law. Because at the end of the day, some people can make fun of God's law, but the United States has law as well. There are laws, legal limitations on literally everything in life, so God's law is no different from a rule that your parent has set for you in your household growing up, right? Um... And the second way the devil can distract us as apart from separation is through diversion. Like when I think of diversion, I I don't know why I have this like thing in my head where it's like me trying to do something and someone puts on a costume and tries to like divert me from going somewhere. I I don't know. I just have like I just get an image in my head. But with diversion The devil can dress things up and prey on your ignorance. And I've talked about this a little bit in season one how you have to be knowledgeable or try to be knowledgeable. I don't care if it's just like reading one verse a day. That's why I have today's Bible verse on like my social media platform. I don't care if it's little by little because at least you're celebrating the small victories, you're taking a step towards something. But When the devil likes to dress things up like crystals and I manifested this, hashtag lucky girl, like, let's slow your bro. You got too much dip on your chip. And we see these like new age practices and people trying things that are aesthetically pleasing online and it looks like it may work for someone else. But just because it looks as if it works for someone else does not mean it actually works. Let's start there. And two, does not mean that is God's law, God's rules. But some people don't know God's rules because they don't spend time with the Lord. And I feel like a lot of Christians are in this. And it's not saying it's intentional, intentional, because I was the same way. I didn't really spend Time with the Lord, like me spending time with the Lord, was me going to church on Sunday. But we're gonna talk about that coming up in a second. It's very easy to get things misconstrued, misconstrued, and say, "Well, like, well, crystals are in the Bible," and then when you ask somebody, "Okay, where? What it say?" They have no, they can't tell you. They can't tell you. <laughs> they, they cannot tell you at all like I love this if I'm so strong on something I can tell you exactly what it says and interpret it to you but some people they can't tell you that oh well zodiac signs are in the bible and these things are true but in the context to where people take them completely false Okay, God, God never said nothing about warming up a crystal and your windowsill and the moon is going to charge the power. And then the power is going to like rub off on you. God had never said nothing like that, like ever. Like ever, like it's giving side eye. Y'all can't see it, but I'm, I'm telling y'all I'm giving side eye. But anything that takes away from God's word is literally a distraction. And it doesn't have to be something so sinful, right? Like, we rate sin. God doesn't. It's just a human nature. We feel like some things are worse than others. God sees it all the same. But anything that takes away from God's time is a distraction. That can be, like, sleeping. That can be eating. That can be working out. That can be social media. That can be hanging out with friends. That can be going to the club. That can literally be anything. 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 God's time in your life, God's time in your day needs to be prioritized. And that is like step one to getting on track with anything because the enemy is not only here to separate us and to divert us from God's love and for God's will, but he is here to still kill and destroy. Like ultimately that is his goal. He don't sleep, sis. He don't sleep. Why? I don't know. I don't have the answer sway. But to combat this, and there's one more bucket that I kind of want to talk about, and we're going to have a whole podcast episode about this because it breaks my heart. At the same time, it makes me mad. But it's with fear and disgust. The enemy uses fear as a huge tool, and I'm pretty sure this is not the first time you heard this, but the enemy also uses disgust from manipulation of others, from how some people manipulate God's word. Some people create these like false rules that God has that he don't really have. And also, some people create religious traumas. And when you grow up having a religious trauma or getting through a religious trauma, there's so many types of traumas that we may experience throughout life. And I know childhood trauma is like a huge thing to like debunk and therapy and your self-awareness, yada, 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 becoming your, you know, best self, your better self. But as you unpack trauma, it doesn't necessarily have to be in your childhood. You can go through something traumatic at any point in time in your life. But as you unpack trauma, there are different types of traumas. There are different types of traumas. There's adolescent trauma. There's childhood trauma. There's money traumas. There's religious traumas. And religious traumas that stop there because that could be a catalyst to why some people are less likely or less open to hear about God's word, less open to spend time with God, right? And although it's like, dang, when someone, and it's like, oh, I experience this all the time, I can say, like, God loves you no matter what state you're in. And someone can come in and say, like, well, when I was this age, this church said this, this, this about me, and it really stuck to me, and I, I hate them. I don't want to go to this church. Actually, I don't want to go to any church. I don't want to spend time with God. These people are judgmental, yada, yada, yada. And uh, my reaction is, like, didn't a man, like, F you over before? Yes. Okay, but you still continue to date like you, you, you still continue to date. Somebody lied to you and broke your heart and you still have hope in dating. You're still in the process of meeting new people. So why can the church not do the same thing? There are good churches. There are bad churches, just like there are good people. There are bad people. People make up the churches. Like, I know this is like basic, but sometimes we get clouded by our own like feelings, our own experiences. And in order to protect ourselves, quote unquote, we decide to just shy away from everything the Lord. And I've noticed that this is a huge thing as to why, like, a lot of people especially on social media, are like, I'm not listening to something that was written, this, this, then, like, these people made this up, or um, I was judged for being homosexual. And so now, like, I don't want to be Christian. I don't want to hear from God, nothing. So I just want to say, just like your friends, I'm pretty sure listening to this, we've all have met a bad friend or at least fallen out with a friend. We all have met a horrible guy and, or had our heart broken or had our feelings really hurt with a guy. And guess what? We, we get down and then we get back up again. So try to make sure that you're doing the same thing, right? Throughout life is like, it, it really gets on my nerves, honestly, because it's like, you can pick and choose. Some people will literally pick and choose who they give second chances to, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances, sixth chances, seven chances. Like, girl, this man is on his ten million chance with you and your friend made you mad once. That church made you mad once. And you don't wanna you know you don't wanna give them another chance. You don't wanna try something else. So just keep in mind and I know that cause some people reached out to me listening to this podcast and was like, you know, I'm usually opposed to hearing stuff like this, but because the way you word it, because I feel like invited, I don't feel shamed. I don't feel bashed. Which you, I would pray that you would never feel with this podcast. I might say some things you don't like, but it's never an intent to bash anyone. Um, and I like that. And so they were receptive and so that's the goal here. But please keep in mind, religious traumas are a thing if you need to unpack them. Of course, I'm an advocate for therapy, but my whole spill into why I went into that rant is to tell y'all, if a Christian knocks you down, if a church knocks you down, girl, get back up. Get back up. These are the actionable items you have to take so that the devil is not working overtime in your life. Now, he's going to work. I feel like I've gotten to the point where I deep dive back into my relationship with God. And that's when I was very hypersensitive hypersensitive to what the enemy was doing. It's almost like these blinders came off of my eyes and I'm like, hmm, that's the devil. Like, (laughs) It's like you become more aware of your surroundings, of what's going on, of the diversions, of the spiritual attacks. And it's like, dang, this is crazy out here. So first things first, you have to prioritize time with God literally every day. We have 24 hours a day. And sometimes, oh, the enemy does this to me. I was listening to Asia Christina's podcast while I was on my like daily walk. And she said this. It was so crazy. She was like, yeah, I would spend time with the Lord in the morning. And for some reason, I would just get this anxious feeling like, oh my gosh, I got so much to do today. Like I need to hurry up. I need to rush. Like I only carved out 30 minutes, 10 minutes with the Lord because I got to start work at nine when in actuality I could have gotten up earlier, but it's like I really wanted to sleep. So I really put sleep in front of the gut, in front of the Lord. So stuff like that, like prioritize time with God every day, just like you prioritize sleeping, just like you prioritize eating, just like you prioritize, I don't know, Netflix or Hulu or TikTok or Instagram, whatever you prioritize, there should be no reason why God can't get some of that time. Because at the end of the day, he created the heavens and the earth. He created you and God has the power to lead you and your God given purpose. So it's like, girl, it sounds like a no brainer, but I, I get how easy it is to get into the swing of things and be like, Oh my gosh, I don't have time to read my Bible today. I've done that so many times. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, Lord. Like, I really repent. I did not have time to read my Bible today, but I made time for everything else. Like, why wouldn't you want to spend time with the person who knows the plan for your life? So that's number one. Two, be selective of your consumption. Everything in this world is fighting for your attention. Oh my gosh, if I could underline something, that would be it. Like bolded, bolded, bolded. Everything in this world is fighting for your attention. We are in the world of technology. And technology, what does that do? Facebook, TikTok, nothing is free in this life. Okay, I work in marketing. Y'all know nothing is free in this life. You downloading Instagram, I didn't have to pay for the app. Instagram is free. Nothing is free because it's grabbing your attention, right? It's wanting you to spend money. All of these companies are fighting for your attention. That's why they're spending millions of dollars on IG ads. That's why they're getting your information to know your buying patterns, to know what you like, to know what you're talking about buying. This is why these apps suck you in like TikTok. And next thing you know, you've been scrolling on TikTok for hours. So be very selective of not only what you're consuming, but how much of it you're consuming. Um, because it could really eat you alive if you're focusing on designer unboxings. Oh my gosh, I had to cut out watching like vlogs, like those aesthetic vlogs and the girlies buying a Chanel bag, like every vlog. Like, girl, this I, I can't watch this, it's not good for my mental. So be careful of what you're consuming. And the more you spend time with the Lord, the more hypersensitive you'll will be to certain things especially when it comes to like movies tv shows you would be like okay wait a second i.e wednesday the show wednesday a small story time so i was watching wednesday and i was like okay this is cute this is witty like i really used to like the adams family growing up you know they it was cute like every all the characters whatever and wednesday starts to take like a turn for the like worse like all of a sudden the show just gets super demonic and I started to feel actually uncomfortable like physically uncomfortable watching it versus some people that I know right when it comes to movies or tv shows they're like oh I don't feel that like what you mean girl because they're not hypersensitive when it comes to things because they don't really spend time every day with the Lord. The more you spend time with the Lord, I'm telling you, you will become very hypersensitive to stuff. So, in Wednesday, when she was calling on her ancestor to basically possess her to save the, the dang school, I was like, wait a second. This spell, first of all, she's doing a spell. And as it's coming out the girl's mouth, like, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I stopped the television. I could not finish the show Wednesday. I've, up until, what was the last episode? Number eight? Or 10. I don't know if it had 8 or 10 episodes. But I got to, like, the last episode when it started to get that. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Can't do it. And this is, like, a teenage show. Stuff like that. Be very careful. And decrease multitasking in every way possible. And my job came out with a memo about how multitasking is, like, the worst thing ever for us. And it's painting as, like, such a good thing, which it can be. In my driving analogy, you got to pay attention to multiple things. You got to multitask with driving. Mothers got to multitask, especially with small children. But when it comes to like sitting down, being intentional with whatever you're doing, whatever you're setting your focus on, multitasking, please decrease it. In the age of technology and short form video and short consumption and instant gratification, It has caused us as a species, I guess, species, like, girl, I didn't go to science class. Like, I I was good at physics, okay? But us as a population now, especially our generation, to be very time sensitive. And we have shorter attention spans than ever before because of this. Short example multitasking, how to cut it down. If you block out your time to, I don't know, do a podcast or maybe watch a TV show, try not to be on your phone while you're watching the TV show. Give the TV show your undivided attention. If you're going out for juice or tea or ice cream with your friends, try not to be on the phone with your friend if you're doing a catch-up with them. Try not to, you know, scroll on Instagram while you're talking to them. Just be more intentional in when you're, where you're putting your attention to and try to put it to only one place, right? One that is very rude. Like I look at some of my friends and I'm just like, we don't see each other that often because we're grown now. And so whenever I'm with my friend, I'm intentionally spending time with them. So it's just kind of like, girl, why are you on your phone? Like to me, that is so rude. Like mom, uh uh-uh. uh, uh that's neither here nor there, no Tino Shea. But Again, multitasking. Chop it up to this generation. Constantly multitasking. Constantly trying to do multiple things at once. Give your undivided attention out because the multitasking is what's leading to um, us wanting instant gratification and us also not being able to focus. And that kind of lumps into when you spending time with God like I would be reading my Bible in Bible study trying to like worship the Lord and dwell in his presence and be with him girl did my phone I'm on TikTok I'm on Gmail let me read a sentence in the Bible then I'm scrolling on it's I- IG then it's like okay let me read another sentence oh what, what's my work computer saying it's just like okay yeah this is <laughs> I'm being disrespectful to God like for real that's very disrespectful. So decrease multitasking in every way possible. Number three, your friends and your conversations be, for one, assess your friends and assess the type of conversations you have with your friends. I'm in this weird point now where it's like, I don't really see, like my friends are kind of spread out throughout the United States. We've moved on, um, from each other, so when I do see my friends, like, nine times out of ten, it's, like, catching up, and then it's, like, okay, girl, see you in six months to catch up again, like, it, it's just, it's never, like, I don't know, like, I'm in this constant, like, catch up, um, like, catch up for, oh my gosh, like, the words be leaving my mouth sometimes as if I don't speak English as the first language, like, girl, what's going on, in this catch up phase, there you go, it's phase of my life, but, Assess the conversations, the type of conversations you have with your friends. Because even then, I can't have certain conversations with all of my friends. And that's okay. Certain friends are for certain things. You have a circle, an inner circle. Then you have like a circle outside of that. Then you have your acquaintances. So know which friends that you can do certain things with. And certain things for. I know my prayer warrior friends. I know I have friends where it's like, I'm down and out. I need prayer. Like, oh gosh, you know, when two come together in his name, it's an amazing thing. So I can call my prayer warrior friends, but there's certain friends that's like, if I were to call my other friend and be like, oh yeah, like I really need prayer. And they would just be like, oh, like, okay girl, go to church. Like, <laughs> Like, what what your friends consume 24-7 can ultimately consume you, especially when maybe you're not in this phase. Maybe you're more closer with your group of friends. I used to have a girl group of friends that I was super close with, and what consumed them was brought to the friendship group, and nine times out of ten, it was consuming me, too. It was like I was lumped into it without even volunteering to be lumped into it. And so that's my point. Be careful. Assess your friends. Assess the conversations. Assess what consumes them because you might have to pivot. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to end the relationship with them. But it just means, okay, maybe girl, maybe you just you need a pivot, girl, like spend less time with them or change the time you're spending with them. Um and then the last thing is to play your part. And this is something that I was struggling with, too. And I think it was my own religious trauma. Like, oof. Play your part. Spread love in God's word. That is our job. If someone's not receptive, they're not receptive. Their soul is not your issue. Like, girl... It's not S on my chest, I'm ready to save them. It's not a Nicki Minaj type of moment. It's not your job to save people. The For one, they're already saved. God already died on the cross and saved everybody. So it's not your job to save people. I see some Christians, like, get into this, like, I'm going to save them. They got to come to the Lord because if they don't, like, oh, my gosh, like, I feel horrible. It's like, Ugh. I'm going to save them from internal damnation. Like, they're already saved. They just have the blinders on their eye. But it's like if they're not receptive to the word that I'm, I'm sharing, my positive experiences that I'm sharing, the love that I'm spreading, the love that I'm sharing, that's their business. That is their business. Their soul is not on you. Play your part, right? Um, and it's always good to share about God's love. And nine times out of 10, you're always going to meet somebody that has some type of religious trauma or some type of anti-religious like religious thing because of something that has happened to them or how another person has read them a wrong way. And that's for them to deal with. That is not on you. We cannot bear every burden. Like, girl, take the rocks out your book bag. It's not your burden to bear, You can only worry about your own soul at the end of the day. So I hope y'all really enjoyed this podcast. Like always, share with a friend and I'll see you in the next one. Hashtag focus or failure.